You found it. The no-nonsense, no-script podcast you've been waiting for. Real people on real issues. Welcome to Dynamic Independence. The home of logic, reason, and common sense. Let's do it. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in today. I'm Johnny Anderson, and I'm joined today by Bruce Adams. Good afternoon, Bruce. How are you today? Good afternoon. Uh, healthy and alive. Uh, today's actually the first day this week that the sun's come out from behind cloud cover. Lucky you. So, I haven't seen it in a few days, yeah. and it only came out for... Uh, no, I saw it yesterday, and it was out for maybe 30 minutes, 45 minutes. Just came out to say hi. You know, I'm still up here somewhere. Uh, and then it went back yeah. away. You know, that it came out to, to dole out some of that evil vitamin D, you know, that, that stuff right. that they tell you that's, you know, it's toxic and it's poison and you, you shouldn't have any. Yeah, that stuff. Uh, other than that, you know, how, how you doing? You good? I mean, you know, we, yesterday I, I've watched clips. I didn't actually go and watch the whole grilling of the tech giants, uh, but mm-hmm. I've seen clips of it. And uh, let's just say Jack Dorsey and Zuckerberg should be both arrested for yeah, perjury. Dorsey looks rough. He looks rough. Have you seen him? <laughs> D- did you see yeah, him? My it, God, man. It, Dude, shower and, and, and meet a razor or something. Seriously. Yeah. Like, you're presenting it, yourself to the United States Senate. Take the thing out of your nose, okay, first and foremost, right? Forget the hair. Forget the, uh, the, the beard, right? Take the thing out of your nose. And, I mean, he, he dressed for the occasion, right? He's in a suit. At least that's what it looks like. Clean yourself up. You're a tech giant. Present yourself with some respect. Yeah, and take the volleyball with the face drawn on it. Take it out of the picture as well. Did I miss that? That it was it was a joke that he looks like oh. he's been oh, he stranded like- because of the beard and <laughs> yeah, hair. Right, and- castaway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Castaway. I got you. All right, um, but he perjured himself. Now, I I didn't watch all the testimony, but I did see a couple of highlights where I don't want to say that they tripped him up, but. It's like he he admitted that that they do have that policy yet. Yeah, well, we kind of yeah, okay. Uh, he he kind of went along with it, but uh, he says that we don't have a general policy around misleading information and misinformation. Uh, we re- rely upon people calling out or calling the speech out. Uh, but then he says that Twitter doesn't have a general policy on misinformation. We rely on people calling it okay. That, that's what this was about, right? Was the New York Post thing? He he said that partly. Senator Cruz asked him about it about the uh, the New York Post being blocked. He says, well, you're blocking the New York Post right now. He says, well, we've since rescinded the or we've we've gone back yeah. and we've changed that policy because it was an error. And he says, mm-hmm. well, you're still blocking the New York Post. He says, well, yeah, but we've made that correction. Now, well, and he also said that uh, the New York Post, if they would delete their original tweet that they that they posted this on and then yes. reposted, it would not be blocked. And uh, I, I've heard a... Um, why can't they influencer. just unlock it? Why, why can't they well, just unlock it? I, I'm ex- uh, I'll explain that. I heard an influencer explain this. Okay, so basically, um, it's better to have a hundred thousand views on one post because it's it plays with their algorithms and you know it, it's basically a post going viral, right? Well, what Dorsey is basically telling them to do is delete your viral post and uh, that 
plays with the algorithm and basically gives it less exposure. It's basically, so this plays into their bottom dollar, the bottom line. It's better to have one post with 100,000 views than it is to have two posts with 50,000. So basically what they're trying to do is it's cutting into their viral post. It'll basically be detrimental to New York Post. And it's essentially them censoring the New York Post without them actually doing it themselves. Right. So if they just lock your account, well, we're not censoring you. We just, you know, we're throwing your information in question. And then if you delete your own post, well, you did exactly what we wanted you to do. Anyway, Dorsey said that um, it's no longer being blocked and blah, blah, blah. People that were watching at the time of him talking you know, to, to the Senate, right, being questioned on this, they went and tried it themselves and tried to post it and were unable to post the New York Post link. So he perjured himself right then and there. Because he said very, very plainly, it is no longer being blocked. That was a lie. He also said that Twitter is not influential. It can't influence elections. Also a lie. I was going to say that they are essentially there. This is this is tough to comprehend. If you think about the number of users they have worldwide, then they're essentially the heads of their own nation states. If you think about it, I mean, that, that's, and, and that's if- what it all it's what it all comes down to. It's not even just that, too. It's also that like the major news medias, all they're reporting on is people's tweets. I mean, if you go on and watch the new major news medias, they, it, somewhere in the news media where, where they're talking about, oh, X, Y, Z happened, they're going to post something from Twitter. They're going to show a screen cap of something on Twitter or something someone said on Twitter. Or, or So it, it's whether or not they have direct influence themselves doesn't matter because the media is using it. And tweets go viral, right? They go around, somebody can screen cap it and it'll go, that screen cap could go viral. You know, I mean, it may not be the actual tweet itself. So there's so many different ways to share a tweet uh, other than just Twitter. So no. And then Zuckerberg was, he perjured himself as well, saying uh, basically the same thing, more or less, that they, they don't affect elections. And he also said, he was asked by Mike Lee, can you name any left leaning organization? Any of them, any entity, person that you have shadow banned, banned, censored, what have you. And his response was, I'll have to get back to you on that. You know full well that if they've censored one, intentionally censored one, they would memorize that one. They would commit it to memory. So anytime this question comes up, they'd be like, oh, wait, yeah, we, we did this one dude, right? This, this one person. They can't even do that. It, it, it's ridiculous. So I, I, I really don't want government going in and censoring them and doing all this. But I do want government going in and say, uh, 2030, yep, it no longer applies to you. You guys are censoring. Bye bye. You mean 230 or are you confusing it? Because uh, yeah, I, I, I think they I, I honestly I don't think you were wrong there because they do play a role in Agenda 2030 as well. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't think you were I don't think you were off there. Yeah, but it, it fits. Yeah, they um, they essentially let's say that they revoke Section 230. OK, which I'm in favor of at this point because of the way that the companies themselves are behaving. So you revoke 230, you pull the platform status. What happens then? You mentioned it yesterday. These people can be sued out of existence at that point because, I mean, let's face it, the New York Times or excuse me, the New York Times, the New York Post would be suing the living pants off of Twitter right now. They'd be smacking them with a lawsuit if yeah. it wasn't for Section 230. Yeah, uh, exactly that. I mean, anybody that has been censored by Twitter uh, that doesn't violate, if you if you post something and it does not violate their terms of service and Twitter or Facebook censors you, even Google, I mean, Google gets this too with YouTube. If they censor you, 
and it does not break their terms of service, they're violating uh, their, um, I don't know, benefits that they're getting from the government, you know, with 230. So it, it, they're in violation of their own terms of service, basically. That's another thing. You could sue them just on those principles alone. But because of 230, you, you can't do anything. They can censor you all they want. They're not supposed to be able to. So uh, elsewhere in this hearing, Senator Ted Cruz declared that Twitter, Facebook and Google pose and I'm quoting here, the single greatest threat to free speech in America and the greatest threat that we have to free and fair elections. I think that's a true statement. The social media companies have become the town square. That's that's what they are. Uh, as much as I don't like that, uh, that's that's what it's become. And here's the thing. I, I told you I went back on Facebook not long ago, right? I mean, I, I told you I did that. And when I went on there, I noticed something very interesting. I mean, I had I, I've never been friends on social media, which I, I was on there a long time ago because obviously I was traveling all the time. I was moving around all over the place. It was an easy way to keep in touch with friends, and family. But then as I started to look into it, I, I never posted anything. But as I started to look into it like 10 years ago and figured out what it actually was and what it was going to be used for and how this was going to develop to this point, I jumped ship. Nonetheless, I kept the account active. Well, I, I deactivated it, but I kept it there in case I ever needed those contacts again for whatever reason. Well, it just so happens a couple of months ago, I had to have a couple of those contacts. I had to go back and, and touch, uh, get in touch with some old colleagues for some professional reasons, but that's a side issue. But nonetheless, one thing I noticed on there was I, I had in the initial time, I had somewhere around like 500 or so friends or something like that. And what was interesting to me was, is that that number had dropped significantly. And it wasn't because they had removed me. I guess some people had. But when you deactivate your account, it kind of hides itself anyway. So it wasn't the fact that people could actually remove uh, the, the friends or, or whatever it was or change the status or, or friendship or what, whatever, however it is they do it. What I found that was interesting was the fact that people were deactivating their accounts on their own. What my point is, is people are naturally walking away from these things. They're naturally moving away from that. Are they going to something else? You know, another side platform like maybe Parler or something? I, I don't know. I don't know. Parler, I mean, I, I tried to do the Parler thing. I just I can't get into it. I, I just don't have time for social media because I don't care. I, I'm too laser focused on everything else that we do and, and studying and, and reading up on things and, and learning about all these different agendas and, and groups and things. And I, I just don't have time for that. I don't, I don't have time to sit there and, and decipher all that stuff on social media. It's, it's just a it's, it's an echo chamber of just nonsense from any side you look at it anyway. But I, I think people are, are naturally stepping back from social media Anyway, I don't I don't know if it's if it's people that are deciding that they can finally function on their own or or what. But th there's something there, there's something there that's causing people to step away. I don't and think I don't they're stepping away from social media. I don't I don't you think they're it, just going not, to another platform. They're moving to a different platform because social media right now, the, the digital world is the public square at this point. So they're, they're moving to other other mediums, you know, whether it's Twitter, whether it's um WhatsApp, whether it's uh, you know Snapchat or whatever the whatever the the trending Instagram medium seems is, to be a TikTok, big one. Instagram. I mean, I mean that's that's so, Facebook, but I mean it's you can argue it's a different platform. But so Instagram's yeah. big, TikTok is is huge. Yeah. Uh, what what's the other one? There's something else you, you mentioned it. Snapchat, Snapchat. That that Snapchat, seems to be a big one. Yeah. Yeah. So there's there's other media. But what was more concerning about uh, other than the fact that they committed perjury? OK, other than that fact in this in this um, hearing, we also had Democrats coming out and saying you should censor more. You aren't doing enough. You need to censor people like Donald Trump or people that are calling for for um, violence or hate speech or the, you should censor more. 
is basically what the Democrats were saying. Um, the CCP saying no. That. Yeah, CCP is saying the same. If you're saying the same thing that the CCP is saying, don't you think you would take a step back and I don't know reevaluate your life? Hey, it wait just kind of. This is reevaluate your life. I like that. Not not reevaluate your statement, reevaluate your life, right? Because yeah. you're siding with yeah. an authoritative uh, communist regime that's killed 100 yeah. million of their own people. Yeah. So take a step back. I mean, and I, I mean it, I, I intentionally said it that way, because if you're willing to side with the CCP on something as simple as free speech, what else are you siding on? What else are you? There's a lot of things that the, the left side with that I think are very, very evil. And um, and yes, I, I use the word evil. All right. So this is Ted. Let's, all right. So let's check this one out. All right. So this is Ted Cruz asking Dorsey who elected him. Uh, and I'll just let him put it as graciously as he does. Mr. Dorsey, who the hell elected you and put you in charge of what the media are allowed to report and what the American people are allowed to hear? And why do you persist in behaving as a Democratic super PAC, silencing views to the contrary of your political beliefs? Let, let's give uh, Mr. Dorsey uh, uh, a few seconds to answer that, and uh, then we'll have to conclude this this uh, segment. Well, we're, we're not doing that. Uh, and this is why I opened um, this hearing with calls for more transparency. We realize we need to earn trust more. We realize that more accountability is needed to show our intentions and to show the outcomes. Thank um, you, so I, I hear the concerns and acknowledge them, but we want to we fix it with more transparency. More transparency. Are you are you serious? That is the lamest excuse. The the, the dude sounded like all right. Uh, Dorsey, he sounded like he just rolled out of bed when he gave that statement. Clearly, these people don't care. They don't care. I, I've said that before. These tech these tech giants, Silicon Valley guys, what whatever. Sundar Pichai of Google, uh, Mark Zuckerberg of, of Facebook, Jack Dorsey of Twitter. These guys don't care. And you want to know the thing about it? I, I like what Ted Cruz said there. But here's my issue. I, I want to know all the people on that Senate panel that actually got campaign contributions from those tech companies. That's what I want to know. I don't know if Cruz actually got any, but the, the reason <laughs> I say they, is because yeah, hear me out. The reason I say is because is it a show trial? That's what I'm asking. Mm. So if you had a D behind your name, you got a contribution. If you had an R behind your name, you did not. That's what it boils down to. <laughs> but they don't influence elections. No, no, no. Uh, of course not. <laughs> and you know what? If if we have data, which, you know, we do, there's organizations out there now that are recording um, both what Google's doing and some of these other platforms. If they find data that proves him wrong, that proves that, no, you do actually affect elections, nothing will happen. We know they do. They're not. We, we know they do. I mean, we, we've we've gone through the algorithms and, and the, the techniques that they that they use to alter search results and things like that. We know that they influence it. And more than that, we know that it's an influence that people don't even notice. Yes. Unless. OK, so there's one guy that I know of specifically that he does political posts. He does video game posts, comic uh, about comic books and that kind of stuff. Like he does stuff that's not just politics. Right. All on the same channel. The videos that are politically based get shadow banned. They get almost zero views. And all the other ones are fine. They, they go around and, you know, they get thousands of views and all kinds. Of, I mean, you know, some of those videos are in the hundreds of thousands of views. But the political ones, man, you, you'd be lucky to break a thousand. And you, you might be saying, OK, well, you know, clearly it's just people aren't interested in politics and all that kind of stuff. 
No, it's literally, you look at the demographics and everything. One of the platforms, I believe Instagram, shows you how many people in your circle have seen it, how many people inside their circle, right? So your your friends' friends, and then how many people outside of all those circles seen your posts. Zero outside the circles. Zero. No exposure. But if it's a non-political one, they get exposure. They They see those posts. So... That that's a clear evidence of you guys are shadow banning anything that's political. I, I, there's no other conclusion to that. Representative Dan Crenshaw also weighed in on this. You know, Dan Crenshaw. Yeah. The uh, uh, congressman that has the uh, eye patch, which mm-hmm. the low IQ degenerates over at Saturday Night Live decided that they were going to uh, make fun of the guy because of that. <laughs> and you know something? Crenshaw actually had a sense of humor about it. So I have to commend yeah. him for that because I wouldn't have been so nice. Uh, and I think it's despicable what they did. But um, he had a little bit more of a, uh, a professional stance on it. And I, I applaud the guy for that. Nonetheless, he weighed in on this. His tweet that he put out yesterday on this uh, this hearing in the Senate was number one. He said these are the biggest takeaways. Number one, Jack Dorsey is a partisan and a hypocrite. OK, that's the first thing. Number two, this one right here. OK, we, we know the first one, right? That's a given. OK, yeah, this one right here. This one, the second one doesn't surprise me, and I'm sure it's not going to surprise you. Maybe it'll surprise the average listener out there, especially if you're a Democrat and you listen to us. I know we have Democrat listeners, and I appreciate that. There are no liberals left in the Democrat Party. Not a single Democrat senator defended free speech or freedom of the press today. This yeah. should terrify they, Americans. Yeah, they they called for more censorship. Yeah. Oh, by the way, it just I want to point this out that, um, you know, if you have people like, oh, the Taliban or any of these other, you know, the, the Ayatollah of Iran. Yeah. If they come out and say death to the Jews or something to that effect, right, it's fine. They, they, they can post it. It's OK. But if you're a conservative and you say Donald Trump 2020, shadow band. How is the first one that you mentioned there? How is that not hate speech? Oh, see, no, they don't. When it comes to world leaders, they don't censor world leaders. See, because they censor, you know, Trump. even if it's saber. I know it's it's hypocritical, but. They say they don't censor world leaders because, you know, even if it's saber rattling and they're calling for violence because it's saber rattling, it's just talk. So, okay, uh, first of all, I have a problem with that when it comes, if the average person can't saber rattle, why the hell are you allowing these nations to saber rattle? Same thing. If I can't call for violence on my personal Twitter, then uh, why should... well? The Ayatollah be able to. You mentioned it yesterday. We don't even have to go that far with it. I mean, that's an extreme point that you're you're presenting there. Yes. That, that's an yes. Expre- extreme point, but we don't even have to go that far with it. You mentioned it yesterday, and it was a very valid point. And I actually brought this up to somebody earlier today. I said they were playing some rap song about, you know, the the usual stuff. And I said, do you, do you know if, if we were to talk like that, we'd get banned. We, yeah. we would get banned. So yeah. wh- why is that okay? How, how is that an acceptable way to, to present yourself in the so-called entertainment industry. That's not entertainment, in my opinion. That's garbage, is what that is. If you treat people and you behave the way that is portrayed in a lot of these uh, gangster music genres or whatever, I don't care who it comes from. I don't care if it's Eminem. I don't care if it's Snoop Dogg or any stuff. If you behave like that, then you will end up in prison. So not only that, but just using some of the language that they that they use. If we were to use the same language on here on this platform or on you know like social media, our accounts are banned. We're yep. we're done. We can't do that. And but we should yet, be. You can go on. You can go on to like live streaming services or videos on YouTube. And if it's a black dude dude saying so, you know the n word, oh no, it's cool. It's fine. It's all good. But if a white person does the same thing, no, you're done. You're gone. How is that? It, I thought I thought 
all men are created equal. I mean, don't don't we kind of have, you know, supposed to have um, the law is supposed to be equal for everybody, right? So if you're going to get benefits from the government, 230, then shouldn't you apply the rules equally across the board? If one group can't say it, then the other group can't say it either. I, I don't want the hypocrisy is the thing, right? If, if you're going to hold us to the standard that we can't say, oh, by the way, there's research that's come out of Denmark that says masks don't work. And we talk about that on Twitter and link to the, the research paper. You get your account shadow banned, banned, your post locked, whatever. But it's okay to say the nonsense in the beginning when Fauci said, oh, masks don't work. Don't wear masks. Surgeon General. Too. And we had. Yeah. And we had people saying, well, no, if masks do actually work, if nurses are wearing them in hospitals and doctors, maybe there's something there. Maybe they do work. Maybe they do do something. Right. So in the beginning, we had conservatives saying, maybe we should wear masks. I mean, we're seeing medical staff do it. And they were getting their posts locked for contradicting the CDC and, and whatnot. And then now we, we come you know fast forward. Now you have to wear a mask. And now we've had the research data come out and show that, no, it doesn't actually work uh, outside of certain circumstances. Like if you can't social distance, it's going to mitigate it to a degree. But they said to, ha- to reduce the, the infection rate by 1%, you have to have at least 100,000 people wearing a mask at all times. At all times. For 1%. For 1% decrease in infection rate. Not not any like hospitalizations or any of that. No, infection rate. 1%. You have to have 100,000 people. So even if you had the entire nation wearing masks, you're only going to reduce the infection rate by a small percentage. So I'm actually, I'm glad you brought that up. You know, I'm glad you brought up just a, just a smidgen of COVID stuff. I, I don't want to get into all that stuff today. I got a, on a rant yesterday and I was shouting about the uh, the BS policies that they're putting in place here and, and all that stuff. And uh, I, I'm sure that I'll have plenty of time over the next few weeks to discuss my, uh, my distaste with all of it. And I'm not the only one. You know, I, I talked to a lot of pissed off people today and um, we're going to settle this. Th- this is going to get settled. And, and you know what? I, I, that's all I'm going to say on the matter at this current time. This is going to get settled. And I'm talking to the elected officials. This is going to be settled and it's going to be settled legally, peacefully and lawfully. Do you understand? That's all I'm going to say. Scientists infect himself with COVID-19 twice to study the antibodies. OK, all right. That's that's fair enough, right? I mean, sometimes doctors and scientists and stuff, they'll they'll do that. They're willing to, to throw themselves out there in the in the face of science and all that stuff to to learn. Right. So they'll they'll do that uh, and says that the this is the interesting part about it. He says that the results show that hopes of herd immunity are futile. Well, I, I'm glad that he came to that uh, that conclusion. I mean, that's that's science, right? It's right there. OK, Dr. Alexander uh, Shapernov, 69 years old, reinfected himself with COVID-19 as part of a test. His second infection was far more serious and required him to be hospitalized. He said hopes for herd immunity are futile due to antibodies falling rapidly. The Institute of Clinical and Experimental Medicine professor studies uh, antibodies. I mean, that's that's what he does for a living. Well, I, I'm glad that he came to that conclusion. That means we can get back to work as normal, right? We, we can put all this nonsense aside. I mean, we're we're clearly we're not going to be able to uh, to do anything with this. So let, let's just go. Right. I mean, that that's that's my takeaway from that. Here's the other part of this. Uh, he's Russian, uh, clearly by the by the name. He, he's Russian. So is this a Russian disinformation campaign? Is that that's the question? So the the thing about the antibodies and and all that, I've heard the studies saying it's only four months. I've heard studies that says um, we, we've had. Um, th- there's some people that have genetic markers that basically make them not immune, but 
pretty dang close to immune to like flu and coronavirus, right? Uh, the T cells basically are already prepped for it. Uh, but here's here's the thing I have on this whole coronavirus nonsense. Let's say you want to, uh, I don't know, curve infection rate, right? So we lock down. Do you know what happens after you open the lockdown, after you open back up? Explodes. Yeah, the infection rate. So when you look at those graphs and it says, oh, uh, 40 million people are going to get infected, we have to lock down. Okay, so we lock down. You know what happens when you open the lockdown? 40 million people get infected. Yeah, I mean, either way, well, it, it, yeah, in some cases it will double. So my point is, whether you lock down or not, you're you're still going to get the same number of infections. I'm I'm t- I'm tired of the whole nonsense with the lockdowns and all that stuff. And the the whole point of it was to flatten the curve, right? It was right. supposed to. So when you have the 40 million, instead of having 40 million spike, uh, you would have 40 million that would get infected, but it would be drawn out over a longer period. So it wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't cause our hospitals to be overloaded and blah blah blah. That was the well, intention. We couldn't trust the information coming out of China. I mean, were you going to sit there and seriously say that you're going to trust the CCP? Seriously. So you couldn't trust the information coming out of China. So we do what we need to do to prevent our systems from becoming overloaded. Because if our systems collapse, well, then that's an even bigger problem, isn't it? So we take that precaution. That's where it should have ended. Right there. Right there. The other thing that, that I'm concerned with is when we have lockdowns, the virus doesn't mutate. So basically what happens when you get infected with it, right? As a healthy person, you get infected. The virus will mutate to be less deadly, right? As it passes through people and it interacts with their immune system and so on and so forth, uh, and those people get sick, the, the virus becomes less deadly over time. When you take that out, right, you remove that ability for the virus to downgrade its mutations, whether it's um, mutating and it's becoming, um, you know, genetic drift, you know, whether it's that or it's actually mutating down, whatever the case is, if you remove that ability and you just lock people down, the virus becomes more deadly. So my question now is, are you intentionally trying to kill people uh, to these government officials? Are you like, are, are you intentionally denying the science and, and overlooking the science and trying to to kill people? Because at this point, with, with the number of people that have OD'd, the number of people that have sui- you know, committed suicide, abuse, uh, you know, domestic violence, all that stuff, it, it almost looks like you guys are intentionally trying to do this to us. You're intentionally trying to cause unrest. What happens when you, you've locked down cities and then you open up again and, oh, I don't know, uh, a law enforcement officer's been defunded and he can't afford to buy a taser. So they're forced to use lethal force on someone that's charging them with a knife and you've just been locked down. You have all that excess energy because, you know, you you can't provide for your family and all that stuff. And you see riots kind of, I don't know, kind of seems like they're playing into each other, doesn't it? By the way, that was actually the case for those two law enforcement officers that shot Wallace. The, The police department was denied funding for tasers. Because we got to defund the police. That's why those law enforcement officers didn't have tasers. And oh, and by the way, they were also called there to that um, uh, scene three different times that day. That was the third time they had been there that day. So um, I forgot to mention that. Oh, and Wallace, by the way, he also had a rap sheet. Um, uh, yeah, he he was um, he had beat his mom and his kid's mom as well. Uh, but th- that was failed to be mentioned. He, by the way. he wasn't uh, exactly a, a model citizen. <laughs> he, he was a. He was a no. chronic arrestee. And how yeah. did the papers portray him? How has the media portrayed him? Oh, a, a newlywed uh, father of 
eight is expecting eight, the yeah. is expecting yeah. the ninth. Yeah. You know, a, a wonderful father, I'm sure he is. To uh, I, yeah, I, I wonder if I wonder if he's fathered all of the uh, nine children to the same woman. I, I I'm not entirely sure of that. But uh, they also the media has also said that he was um, <clears throat> an aspiring rapper. So clearly. He was SoundCloud uh, rapper. Know, he yeah, he was a, he was an idol. He was he was an idol. Clearly. That's, yeah. that's what it is. Anyway, uh, that, that was kind of a divergence uh, yeah, a anyway. little bit there. Yeah. All right. I, I don't, I don't want to get into this. I don't want to get into this COVID crap today. Before we go on, on that direction, there was something else I wanted to add to that before we, we get off the Philly shooting. Interesting thing I was made aware of here. How did we get on the Philly shooting? Uh, I brought it up because of the whole COVID. Oh, yes. The lockdowns. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got you. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, the uh, the commissioner for uh, that police department there. Take a wild guess where that commissioner's from. I'll give you a hint. It's a it's a city known for riots. Uh, Portland. Yep. That was the police. What was it? Chief in 2019 for Portland. And they moved to Philly and are now the commissioner there in Philly. Uh, the name is Danielle Outlaw. Ironic last name. How fitting. How uh, fitting. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, this uh, <laughs> commissioner gave out the order that they were not to respond to no calls to uh, disturbance, missing persons, stolen vehicle, burglary, or theft. So uh, basically anything involving the riots, they were not responding. Well, now see, that kind of goes along with uh, Marianne Williamson. Right. Do you remember her? She was running for the Democratic presidential nominee. Right. Uh, She justifies the Philly looting, which, of course, the Wallace case, you know, Philly, we talked about yesterday. Uh, Philly, uh, the Philly looting by claiming the Bible says nothing about stealing being bad. Bruce, you are the the theologian, if you will, uh, amongst the group here. Mm -hmm. I mean, we we try not to get too deep into like theology and all that stuff for for obvious Mm -hmm. reasons. Mm -hmm. But in this case, I think your expertise is required on her her shocking statement here, because if I'm not mistaken, Moses said, thou shall not was it steel? <laughs> was it steel? I'm I'm pretty sure it was steel. I could have I could have yeah. missed that that Bible study session. I could have missed that. Yeah, that, that that's um literally one of the Ten Commandments in the Old Testament. I don't know. As a kid, if you go to Sunday school, that's one of the Ten Commandments you learn, right? That's one of the things you learn as a kid. So yeah, that that um that that's kind of literally within the teaching. And if you want to just say, well, I don't believe in the new te- or the old Testament. I only believe in the new Testament now. Yeah. That's part of the golden rule. You know, the, the, the two commandments, love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and do unto others as you would have them do to you literally embodies the entire 10 commandments right there. So if I, I guess if she wants people to steal from her, then, you know, <laughs> you know, Oh, who am I to judge? Right. Her tweet on the matter says there are people in this country more concerned about a Walmart being looted than about an innocent man being killed. Uh, well, he, he wasn't an innocent man. He had a knife threatening police officers. Many of them. Already, listen to this. Yeah. It, li, listen, oh, she continues. Many of them tout the Bible, but thou shalt not loot is not in there. Thou shalt not kill sure is. Uh, that one grates me as well. Thou shall not kill. It's not yeah. thou shall not kill. It's thou shall not murder. Murder. There's a big difference. Yeah. But uh, there, there's whatever. something in there. If I understand it correctly, maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong. If there's something in there that gets lost in translation from the Torah over to the actual Bible. Is that is that how that got misinterpreted? More or less. It's it's a misinterpretation by Christians a lot of times. They say it's thou shall not kill so they can get out of things like, you know, be a pacifist, get out of war, get out, you know, do the it's basically and they they also pull out the turn the other cheek thing 
Um, you know, uh, look, thou shalt not murder. If if someone's going to come in and try to rob you uh, or assault your family or rape your wife, whatever, you, you're within your rights to defend yourself, both biblically Absolutely. and in America constitutionally. So Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, she she put out a little bit of a uh, little bit of a of a revision on that on that tweet. She says, oh, yeah, actually, okay. yeah, actually, thou shall not steal is, of course, in there. Well, I'm glad that she recognizes that. Oh, yeah, but yeah. my okay. but my point about priorities <laughs> remains the same. So she's OK with with them going in and looting and destroying businesses. By the way, the Walmart that they looted, they broke the pipes in there uh, on the ceiling. The entire store flooded. It, it destroyed the, the store. So every all the merchandise in there has to be anything left is now trash. That's it. I mean, it, it's like it has to be taken out because those pipes were part of the um, sprinkler system. And I don't know if you've ever experienced sprinkler system pipes. Those the water sits in those pipes for a while, and then when it comes out, it's it's pretty yeah. disgusting. So um, it ruined a lot of the product. I also saw some uh, some footage today of of people that just independent journalist types like uh, Andy No and Elijah Schaefer, th- those types, not them specifically, but those types. Uh, they went out into Philly. And they went into like CVS's and, and you know, other place. Walgreens, I think, was another place. Places that got looted. Normal convenience mm-hmm. store, not convenience stores, um, you know, like pharmacy stores that have all the other yeah. stuff that you would find. The places were just ransacked. I mean, ransacked. One of the CVS's that got looted, the pharmacy, they tried to put the bars up, you know, the, the protective bars up mm-hmm. and they smashed them out and got in there. And yeah, it was yeah. it was a mess. I mean, and there there was Bang. no police. There, there was no police. No. They just they smashed out the gate. They drove cars through the gate. Because CVS tried to put the gate down. The looters drove their cars in through the gate, smashed out the doors. Everyone climbed up underneath the gate and went in and just ransacked the place. The people that were in there with, I mean, they just went in with their phones. You could tell it was just phones. And yep. they were just showing, you know, what documenting what it was. You could hear the, you know, the alarms going off, people that hit the fire exits. All the fire exits were were pushed open. And I mean, the place was just, it, it, was, a, it was a disaster. Disaster. One how, of the, how, is, one of the guys- how is this acceptable behavior is, is my, my point here. Well, it's because they're they're angry, and the only way to lash out because you know they're angry because of the injustices that are put that put upon them. So they're, the only way for them to get attention to this is for them to lash out and riot. And I, I kid you not, that's literally what they have been saying. They being the left. Um, you mentioned someone there, um, Elijah Schaefer. He was actually beaten there in Philly uh, at, at one of these riots at a uh, five and below store. Um, not something I'm familiar with around here, but it's like a dollar store, but it's five dollars and below uh, items. I've um, been one of those. Yeah, I haven't either. Uh, he, yeah, he was beaten there, and it, <laughs> it was inflation uh, got so high they had to call it five and below, not right, the dollar right. store anymore. <laughs> well, they, there was a dollar store there as well that had gotten looted, but uh, yeah, this is, I guess, this is the the snob version of the dollar store. But anyway, he was there with some other uh, journalists, right? And he was. The white journalists, the other journalists were um, uh, Hispanic, I believe. Anyway, they targeted Elijah because he was white, specifically. Like, that's what was said. And told him to stop recording and then beat him. Only him. It was fine. And the other one, the Hispanics and stuff, it was fine. So this was racially motivated, uh, number one. That, that was a hate crime. And uh, he was assaulted. But because of the law enforcement's orders, um, law enforcement won't do anything about it. In fact, um, you're more likely to go to prison for shooting a, a police dog than you are for beating a human being, by the way. You, this, this dude that um, shot the police dog, yeah? 
Uh, and, and don't get me wrong. This is bad. I, I hate this that, you know, this happened. But the dude got 25 years for shooting a police dog. But it's OK for them to shoot a 15 year old girl at one of these stores or 11 other people or assaulting 57 police officers or beating journalists because they're white. That That's OK and, and won't get you prison time. But if you um, assault uh, another species, um, that's that 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 will send you to prison for 25 years. Bit disproportionate, don't you think? Just a little bit. Just a little bit. I know we talked about censorship earlier, and I, I wanted to uh, I wanted to kind of go off onto onto that uh, that trail, but I guess we kind of you know wormed our way down this way somewhere. Well, I'm not quite sure how, but uh, we did. None, nonetheless, yeah, I had an agenda. You actually had an agenda today. All right, I, I had an agenda. Yeah. So I, I wanted to talk about. Uh, some censorship. I mean, we we know that the tech companies, they're taking certain stances. A while back, we discussed Spotify. Now, we are on Spotify, and we've been very, uh, very thankful that uh, we're, we're allowed on that platform to um, post our, our content, and we appreciate that very much. We follow all of their guidelines. I mean, we, we don't step out of that. Same thing with uh, with Apple. I mean, all these other platforms we're on. We follow their guidelines. We've looked down. We've read all through all the fine print and the terms of service and all of that. So and, and to be fair, a lot of people don't do that or they'll have legal people go down and, and read through that stuff. And so we made sure that we built to a certain set of standards here and we keep within those certain sets of standards. Otherwise, they will remove you from those platforms or will they? Actually, I mean, we, we go further than what they require. We do, um, actually. Yeah, we, we do. But they still have banned people from those platforms in the past for far less, quite frankly, from from what I can tell. And I wanted to talk about what Spotify, some of their employees, right, what what they're they're talking about doing. See, there's a war going on in the middle of Spotify, and that is you've got uh, SJW type employees that are. Uh, crying foul and they want uh, the, the, you know, the, the censors to come in and they want to be allowed to uh, put, what was it, trigger warnings on on certain podcasts and, and tracks and things like that and, and all that stuff. Now, I want to talk about Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan is is arguably the biggest podcaster in the world, I think, uh, if not one of the biggest. He signed a deal with Spotify, exclusively with Spotify. And his deal, as far as I know, from what I was reading about it, as far as I know, was with the Spotify executives personally, as in, I will come to Spotify, I will be exclusively on your platform, but I want to be able to do my show my way. And I don't want to have to worry about any of this other stuff. Now, if Joe Rogan has the most successful podcast in the world, then obviously he's doing something right. So why would you not give him a free hand in that? $100 million, I think, is what the the contract was to go to Spotify. At the day of signing, Spotify's stock surged by $2 billion. He made the company $2 billion in a day. Give the guy a free hand. Let him do his thing. Well, the other uh, woke part of Spotify... It's prompted them to say, oh, well, uh, we want to we want to make sure that he has uh, these these certain guests on and we don't want these people on here. And and we don't um, we don't want to put people in, in a place where they feel upset or uh, offended. So we need to put trigger warnings on things and we need to be able to censor some of the episodes and and, and things of this nature. Well, uh, Spotify, as far as I know, has stood their ground haven't heard much more on the on the subject matter. Uh, and as far as I know, the execs have told the the SJWs to, you know, if you don't like it, leave. 
which I mean, that's the right step to uh, to take here. Or, you know, here's a pink slip. Nice. Nice working with you. You know, good luck to you kind of thing. Here's the other aspect to it. Now they've come back. So I, I don't know if they actually staged the walkout or not. The Spotify employees, the woke Spotify employees, the leftists have now come back. The, the, the woke Spotify people have come back and they're crying and moaning now uh, to Spotify that Alex Jones, who's been banned on Spotify, he was taken off, I think it was a couple of years ago they took him off now. He has appeared as a guest on the Joe Rogan podcast, and they're not happy about it. They're, they're not very happy about it at all. Have you heard this story? No, I just know based on um, who it is and all that, I I, I know what the reaction is going to be. Yeah, they, they don't like him. They don't like him. Which, I, you know, I, I've I've listened to the guy's takes on certain things. I mean, he's, he's not everybody's cup of tea. I get it. But nonetheless... No. He, even I don't like some of the ways things are presented, right? Or right. the way articles are spun and that kind of thing. The facts right. are sound in in many cases, but it's just the way it's presented I don't like. So, and you know, I've seen him. I've seen him do other interviews on different programs. Jones, I mean, and yeah, he's a he's a completely different guy. It seems like yeah, yeah, he's he's pretty tame and chill on on other programs that I've seen and. He's actually a, a pretty sharp dude. The, the thing is, is Alex Jones, the, the character, is exactly that. It's a character. It's for show. It's entertainment, right? Yeah. So it's the parody I, the stuff makes that he does. It. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the parody stuff that he does. And some of those cartoons that they put out, like I, I think I sent you one of the, the parody cartoons yeah. that was on YouTube or something. Yeah. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. Where he yeah. cuts his hand off or cuts his fingers off while he's chopping the garbage. Yeah. <laughs> he puts it yeah. in the skillet. Anyway, leftists were triggered on Tuesday when uh, InfoWars founder Alex Jones was able to appear on a big tech platform without being censored. He was a guest on the Joe Rogan experience. However, it was the first time that Jones has appeared on Rogan since he moved to Spotify, and this really set them off, prompting scores of leftists to immediately begin lobbying the streaming service to take down the episode. The Independent complained that Rogan and Jones appeared in a photo that showed them failing to practice social distancing. Before that, they noted that critics called out Spotify for hosting Jones via the episode when he is supposed to have been banned from the platform. Oh, goodness, they let him back on for an episode. <laughs> Good God. That was part of the contract, by the way. He's uh, Joe Rogan yes. said, I will come on there as long as one of my guests can be Alex Jones. And in fact, he was talking about Alex Jones being Musk. one of the first. Yeah. And Elon Musk. He was talking about Alex Jones would be like the first one he has back, which obviously he's not done. But um, nonetheless, he's having he's had him on there. And you know what? Just as you said, the dude's making money. Clearly, he's doing something right. So let him go. Let him have a free hand. You want him to boost your stocks and make you money? Let him go. These SJWs, unfortunately, they don't understand business and, and how things function there. And I don't know, free speech, constitution. Well, Clearly, if they don't understand that. Yeah. And, and to your point, I mean, you're talking about let, let him have a free hand and, and let him make you some money. I mean, the episodes and I'm just stating a fact here, the episodes that Jones has appeared on on the Joe Rogan podcast. And I, I'm going to be honest with you. I haven't listened to all of the interviews because, I mean, Joe Rogan does a podcast. They're like three hours long. I just don't have that kind of time sometimes. But when Alex Jones is on the Joe Rogan Experience podcast, they are the highest rated shows. Whether or not you, you agree with the guy or not, they are the highest rated shows. And that makes the most money. So again, as, as you're saying, they don't understand how, how this works. The amount of ad revenue you bring in off of not only the highest rated podcast in the world, but an episode that is the highest rated within that podcast. 
is going to make you how much money in revenue. That's the other thing is uh, it's kind of Jones is kind of hyperbolic in the stuff he says. And the stuff he says is very comical parody, you know, that kind of stuff. Right. And some of the it's very outlandish. Some of the things he says and goes into conspiracies and all that kind of stuff. People enjoy that. It gets clicks. It gets views. It's entertainment. So this is the other thing, right? Censorship, right? By Twitter censoring uh, the New York Post article about Hunter Biden, they doubled the viewership of that, that, that post. When you start making a big deal out of something, you're only going to get people to look at it even more. So SJWs, go for it. Keep complaining about this stuff. Keep bringing attention to it because the more you make it look like it's a scandalous thing or it's so bad, and what, you're just going to get more viewers. And it's only going to help Spotify's bottom line in the end. Rogan is going to make more money doing this. So have at it. You guys want to complain about it. As long as Spotify sticks to their guns and allows Joe Rogan to do his thing, you know, they, they don't violate his contract. He's going to make them money. And that episode is up there. Uh, I, I went and I looked today. I saw the headline and I thought, all right, I'll, I'll go and check this out. I haven't listened to it yet, but uh, I, I probably will because uh, I'm, I'm curious. I have to admit, I'm curious. So I'll go and uh, I'll, I'll go and check that out. But it is up there. And it was my understanding that they actually they throttled it for a little while. Because I guess it was, you know, some people were anticipating it to be uh, a highly downloaded episode, uh, just like the last one that he was on. Whenever Jones and Musk, Elon Musk, are on that podcast, the ratings go through the roof because, I mean, these are two popular mainstream guys, whether or not you care about what they have to say or not. They're out there and people want to see that content. Yeah, I, honestly, I, I I think in this case, though, it's a, it's a little bit different. I mean, you're talking about somebody that was deplatformed. What? You can't have him back on there as a guest on another on another thing. I, I, I've heard people have this guy and, and others on their show on those platforms. I, I've seen Elon Musk on on other uh on other shows on that platform. I've seen Alex Jones on other shows, on other podcasts and things on that platform. No one's complained about it then. Is it just because it's Joe Rogan and it's the biggest? And if you can take him down or you can discredit him in some way, then that gives you a green light to go after everyone else underneath of them. It makes an e- everyone underneath of them an easy target. This is why they went after Limbaugh for so long. He's the biggest kid on the block. And if you can take Limbaugh down, if you go after... It's like walking up to, uh, to into a new school and there's this big bully. Well, what do you do? You go up there and you mash that son of a right in the face, right? Mm-hmm. That's what you do. Because he's the biggest kid. He's the biggest kid there, right? So you go up and you take care of him first, and then you get the respect of everyone else. He's the biggest target. Same concept here, except it's in the realm of the media. We wouldn't be sitting here doing this if Rush would have fallen to the uh, the advances yep. of the SJWs. Actually, so, I mean, I don't think podcasting in general would be here if it wasn't for him. Uh, that's, that's possible. I mean, he's... He's done a lot for this pla- this medium, right? As like talk shows and whatnot. He's actually done a lot for that. Um, there's some other conservative types that are out there that have actually changed a lot for for this medium. And uh, you know, of course, they don't want to give him credit for it or anything. But they're the ones that kind of paved the way. They're the pathfinders in this. So. If they would have fallen, we wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be doing this. We would have been banned long ago. You know, so even even though we don't have the the crowds like he does, nonetheless, we still would have been banned. We wouldn't have been allowed to do this. You know, I, I heard this morning that podcasting is is at the moment it's being considered the last frontier. And by that, the, the, this is the context that was being put in everywhere else. Terrestrial radio, television, social media, these companies, all this stuff. These companies are taking political stances. When you go to podcasting, you're not bound by these particular 
companies, and I'm not talking about the distributors. I'm talking about the producers. We are our own producer here. That's the difference. You go through on terrestrial radio or something, and you go through on, say, you know, television network or whatever, you're bound by the production that is in that particular that house or, or whatever it is, whether it's Sony, whether it's uh, whatever it is, um, Disney or, or, or one of these one of these things. FCC or, or the FCC. Well, we're bound by FCC here to to an extent. I mean, mm. we, we follow FCC regulations. Yeah, we, we choose to be bound by it. But technically, we can technically by the, the TOS, as far as that's concerned, we can use any kind of language we want, as long as it's not racial slurs. I mean, that that's pretty much where we have pretty much leeway on that. We just choose not to. We follow FCC regulations just to cover our own butts, basically. And honestly, and to that point, honestly, I'm a firm believer, and I, and I know all of us are, I'm a firm believer in the fact that we can get our points across without the use of profanity. I know that we, we kind of... We still have control over the edit button. And and we kind of we get to that line a lot of times. And as time progresses and, and we get closer to everything becoming much more complex than what it is now already, if you think things are complex now, just wait. But as things get more complex and, and the frustration builds and it grows, it's difficult. It really is. It's difficult to sit here and, and to do this without coming unglued. But I was always taught by uh, by my grandfather. I'll just throw this out there. He he told me from the time I was a very young child. He said, "When somebody swears, when somebody starts throwing profanity around, all that is is a feeble mind that's trying to express itself forcefully. You can make your point to people without the use of profanity. And when you do that, people will hear you. People will listen more. They'll pay attention more." You can do a podcast and and you can get up here and you can swear and you can uh, do all kinds of stuff. But I mean, side issue to that, how long is that going to last? They're clamping down everywhere. My point is, is they're clamping down everywhere else. How long is it going to be before they hit this platform? Though we stick within the guidelines from what you mentioned, we and we do that purposely. We do that purposely. And it, it takes, honestly, it takes a lot of stress and it takes a lot of second guessing out of it. I don't go back and I don't look and I say, oh, OK, should, should we have kept that? Should, should we should we leave that? Should uh, sh- should we clean that up a little bit? Should, should we not say it like that? By the way that we present ourselves now, we don't have to do that. We don't have to worry about that. We don't have to second guess ourselves. I would give it five days, five days. Yeah. For censorship, you said how oh, long is it going to be? Yeah. OK. Yeah, right. I got you. Yeah. Five days. Five days. Well, potentially the, the good yeah. news is. Yeah. The, the good news is. And, and, and I think to your overall point about guys like Rush that didn't cave to the SJW crowd and all that stuff. And to be fair, Spotify not caving to it. Their execs not caving to it. I think that's a good thing. That That is a good thing, because that means that those of us that are down here at the at the lower end, if you will, those of us that are down here at the lower end, when they make the decisions like that for the the higher ups, and that means that it gives us a little bit more breathing space down here. And so we don't have to concern ourselves too much with that at this current time. Now, does that to say that it's not going to change in the future? No one knows. But honestly, I think in the coming days, free speech is going to be more popular than ever. And why do I say that? Look at these actions that these governments are taking. It's clear what side that they're that they're choosing. And, and I, don't, I don't like this sides. I don't like picking sides and and doing all that stuff. All that does is divide people. We don't need to be divided from ourselves. We need to be coming together 
to, to work towards a, a better, more prosperous future for, for all of us. Now, I, I don't care what side uh, you, you think that uh, you're on here, but I, I'm talking about from an ideological standpoint. But uh, the, these governments that are they're imposing these lockdowns, what the hell's wrong with you people? I mean, I, I know what's wrong with you, but I mean, that was more of a rhetorical question. But it, it's clear that you people don't give a damn about your own people. You don't give a damn. How pathetic is that? How, how, how much of a miserable existence must you have to say that? You're a member of parliament, you're a member of, of uh, governments, and you come out publicly and you say that you're going to go into people's houses and break up their, their Christmas dinners? We're going to settle this. We are going to settle this. And when I say that you're going to answer for crimes against humanity, I mean exactly that. We are going to settle this. Wars have been fought and previous generations have paid that price in blood to make sure that scum like you doesn't get to sit up there and say trash like that. So, yes, we're going to settle this. Uh, by the way, just real quick, we, we mentioned Rush uh, Limbaugh there. For those that aren't aware, he actually has terminal lung cancer. He does. Sad, uh, sad ordeal. It, it is very and sad. It is. And honestly, as we said, he's a pe- uh, um, Pathfinder, I mean, trailblazer, whatever you want to call him. He's done a lot for this medium. It's done a lot for people, too. But uh, I specifically went out looking for articles online that mentioned this and had a comment section because I wanted to see, you know, that that's where you get the filth, the the dredges of society, right? You, you get all that fun stuff. Yeah, there's there's quite a bit of filth trashing him. Uh, and I, I love and it's the people that it's the tolerant people that say yeah. that everyone else that doesn't agree with them is hateful. And, and you yeah. see the way that they talk. So this is this is something that really bugs me on on this. This is not American. This is not how Americans act. You don't your political enemies. You don't wish ill on them and you don't wish them to die. That, that's not that's not what you do. You, you don't you don't do that. This isn't America. The, the dude has done nothing wrong. But nonetheless, even if they believe that you don't you don't bash them and like wish ill on them and wish them to die. This, this I don't know, man. It's just it's disappointing when you when you see things like this. It's like these are the people that are voting. These are the type of people that are, well, actually, I don't know that. They, they, they might be locked up in their basement, you know, their mother's basement and not going to go out and vote. It's OK. They got mail-in ballots. Oh, that's true. That's true. So, all right. So I I, I restand with that and uh, say, yeah, these are the people that are voting. All right. Uh, we are out of time today, Bruce. So uh, we're going to have to go again. We're not here on Saturdays and Sundays, but we will be back on Monday. We need a couple of days to... Uh, Step back, reassess, and uh, deal with a couple of other things here. You know, we still didn't get to that new project this week, and I'm kind of kind of upset about that. Rest assured, in the coming days, it will be here. So anyway, uh, we're going to have to go. But for those of you who would like to reach out to us uh, and get in contact with us, we would welcome all of your feedback, your opinions, your support. You can do so anytime by dropping us a line at tips at dynamicindependence.com. And we would ask you to pass this along to friends, family, and known associates. We're trying to grow our audience here as much as possible. And we need your help as a loyal listener in order to do that. So if you could pass this along, we would appreciate that. We're available everywhere you get your podcast with the exception of SoundCloud. Also, if you're rating podcasts, if you could drop over to Apple Podcasts and give us a rating at your earliest possible convenience, we would appreciate that. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. Thank you for your time today, Bruce.